0: Tuesday, February 16th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill, joining me in studio today from Stock Advisor Canada, Taylor Muckerman. Thanks for being here. You got it. Braving the elements. Uh, snorkel and all. You know what? Let's talk about the weather for a second. Okay. <laughs> we, I mean, we'll get to the news. We'll get to uh, home security, which is very much in the news on Wall Street. We'll get to Apple producing their first scripted TV show, also very much in the news. But here in the DC area, weather very much in the news as we got a bizarre mixture of more snow than we were expecting mm-hmm. yesterday. I, you know what, let me back that up. We got more snow than absolutely every meteorologist in town said we were going to get. Yeah, it was
1: supposed to be like a dusting, maybe what some th- ice. Yeah, and we we ended up I mean, I live in Old Town, we got about six inches of snow. I think my, be- my back patio had a f- three to four, something like that.
0: What do you think you have to do to get fired if you're
1: a meteorologist? Uh, I, predict I have- hurricanes. You have to predict these things that are dangerous. Other than that, I feel like. But I mean, to get fired,
0: I feel like to get eh, fired, you just have
1: you, to say something completely terrible on air. Yeah, because have a wardrobe I don't th- malfunction. I
0: don't think being incorrect with your predictions. <laughs> no, uh,
1: I think, I don't know. Uh,
0: maybe it, I'm just too close to this. It seems industry. harder
1: than investing. Predicting the weather, is it? I, it seems harder. I bet being a
0: meteorologist 40 years ago was a lot harder than it is oh, now. Oh heck yeah! So. I don't know. I don't know, but I, I again, maybe I'm too close to it, but I feel like if financial analysts, people who cover stocks for a living were as wrong as often as meteorologists seem to be. I don't know. And meteorologists
1: then, are just more, I think they're more publicly wrong because they're on TV every day true. making these calls. That's true. Messing up people's work commutes. That gets people more angry than mess, missing a few thousand dollars in 30 years. That's true. And then we got the
0: ice last night. We got yeah. ice overnight and a blown transformer near the office and, and lights out and just havoc. So we're
1: doing this in candlelight for all of right. you people. That's why we're not periscoping.
0: The, we're not periscoping. And the only reason we're able to produce this is because Austin Morgan is our man behind the glass and he's peddling furiously.
1: He skied back from Vermont just for this. Really? Were you
0: up in Vermont? Oh, wow. All right, you know what, let's get going before (laughs) I start to get jealous. All right, Uh, as I said, home security, front and center on Wall Street today. Shares of ADT up 50% after the news broke that private equity firm Apollo Global Management is buying the home security company. the buyout is42 dollars a share. it's 40 and you know it's like 40 dollars50 cents mm-hmm. right now so still a few investors out there hoping that uh, a higher offer comes in. but we were talking before we started taping this this one deal opened my eyes to just how big this industry, is.
1: Absolutely. Uh and I think they they said it perfectly in a quote I found. Uh they called it a fragmented and growing residential and business interactive electronic monitoring industry. Not a word about security, and I think that's the big key here is that it's all about home monitoring, networking with your home, all the devices in your home. And for me personally growing up as a kid, we had an alarm system in the house. The first thing you do when you get home, turn it off. The last thing you do before you leave, turn it on. So if you can connect your security system to mirror to like your thermostat, your lights, all this, I think your home like that's the central command for when you're leaving and when you're coming back. And I think what's interesting about this
0: industry right now is this expanded level of competition because you have more pure play home security, mm-hmm. traditional home security companies, uh, Vivint, Slomans, uh Ascent Capital which owns Monotronics Ascent Capital by the way shares up 36% this morning just on this news just yeah. on the news that ADT got bought out and so clearly someone thinks there's a chance Ascent Capital is next on the list but then you've got the behemoths Comcast AT&T Alphabet with Nest mm-hmm. and to your point they're looking to blow out home security to involve essentially an all-in-one electronics
1: solution. Yeah, why can't that control panel do everything? I mean, you can call the police department, you can call the fire department from it. Why can't you turn off your lights, lock your doors, close your garage? I don't know, check your thermostat. There's so many things that they're talking about, putting sensors in the home, putting them in your foundation to sense cracks, to sense mold. Um, I mean, Homes built today are gonna to look old in five years, just based on the capabilities of these homes. In my mind, because of things like this, they already had a they already had a security business in um, Prime Security Services, so they're just adding to that, and they're expecting over four billion dollars in revenue from this ADT business on an annual basis. So. It seems like a good move from Apollo Global, uh, and one interesting thing about the deal I noticed was that they didn't get any financing from banks; they got it from Coke Industries. So it's kind of like the Warren Buffett angle here, where you get preferred shares, you get a high yield. Uh, he with the Heinz deal, Tim Hortons funding at 3G Capital. Um, so you're seeing banks maybe not as willing to give. Capital to to uh, leverage buyouts um, based on balance sheets these days and just general overall worries about the economy. So turning to alternative sources of funding, um, much in the same vein as Warren Buffett has in the past, especially with Bank of America, Goldman Sachs, and GE that he funded during the financial crisis this way.
0: I'm glad you mentioned that because the one thing I hadn't looked at was how this deal was being financed. Mm-hmm. Because just looking briefly at these two companies. Apollo Global Management is not a big company. Yeah, if you're just looking at their market cap. So I just thought, wait a minute, how are they getting this deal done? Because they clearly don't have the cash on hand to just execute
1: this. Well, there's a few billion in cash, and then the rest of it is coming from a few different tranches of debt, and then uh, this this preferred share infusion uh, of cash that um, Coke Industries through uh, was it Coke Equity Development is like their their private equity arm that they have within that business, and um, so they provided. Some, some capital for some preferred shares in return.
0: This is a story that broke late last week, and credit to The Hollywood Reporter for being the news outlet that broke it, but starting to get some traction now that the long weekend is over. Apple is reportedly making its first scripted TV show. It's going to be called Vital Signs. It's a six-episode show. A lot of secrecy around this, and it appears to be a semi autobiographical drama about Dr. Dre, mm-hmm. the rapper and co founder of Beats. And right now, it is looking like the business move here for Apple is to make this show six episodes and then distribute it on Apple Music, mm-hmm. which, of course, is a service that charges $10 a month. Absolutely. So, in terms of I, I don't know whose idea this was, and clearly Dr. Dre was involved at some point along the way, well, because he's, he's reportedly still, star, he's starring in it. He's at, still
1: an Apple employee, from as much as I can yes. gather, with his $3 billion acquisition of his Beats right. um, headphones business. He's doing fine. He's doing all right. Dr. Dre's doing fine.
0: <laughs> he doesn't need the work, but clearly he wants the work. And uh, This seems like a good first move, if they're going to go the scripted TV route to, route, to do something that is music-based. Rather than let's try and get people, clearly they've had conversations within Apple mm-hmm. and they feel like the better investment to make is Apple Music as opposed to Apple TV.
1: It certainly seems like that. And this is just like the next in line. They, they worked a deal with uh, Taylor Swift during the holiday season to have a, a concert video. Exclusive to Apple Music um, clients or customers, um, and then they were able to use her in, in promotional marketing on gift cards in, in stores and and promoting her 1989 album, and then they had uh, Drake released one of his hit singles music video exclusive to Apple Music. Some people think that that cost him the number one hit on Billboard uh, Top 100 because those views weren't handed over to the Nielsen ratings index, um, and so they've they've started to move into this promotional aspect of of TV and video that I think is important because they're charging ten bucks a month, like you said, and they have some competition out there in the music space with Spotify and Pandora, just to name a couple, and SoundCloud, um, which are predominantly free unless you want to pay for the premium subscription. Um, so there's competition, and I think that this is just a, a way to promote music, promote their business, and then justify maybe a little bit more of that ten dollar per month charge that they're that they're billing people for, um, and uh, you see this change in music. They got the hip hop going with Drake and, and Dr. Dre, and then the Grammys last night. Hip hop was uh, front and center with several acts, and uh, I think that it's just like more of an attraction that they're trying to garner up here rather than maybe a TV business.
0: Well, if you if you think about how Netflix grew their business, mm-hmm. and one of the key moments for Netflix was House of Cards, absolutely, and how they had a hit original show that they were able to produce and then that's the differentiator that that brings in new customers presumably mm-hmm. and netflix has expanded that dramatically they've got a lot more original series some of them big hits mm-hmm. some some of them are and you can just tell if you've ever seen a netflix television commercial you know <laughs> very cl- quickly, what are the big hits? Because those are the ones that are featured in the ads. Mm-hmm. And so, House of Cards, Orange is the New Black, they've yep. made a couple of Marvel series. Actually, right before I walked in the studio, I watched the first trailer, which just dropped for season two of Daredevil, which which looks great. But not everything is a hit no House not at of at Cards. All. Some of their, I think Lillehammer was their was their second show out of the gate, and that didn't do particularly well. It's not necessarily a critical hit. And so, when you look at Apple, to the extent that they're trying to follow that playbook, it seems like a smart move. If this is a hit, then it essentially gives them uh, it garners them greater critical interest, right? And it also presumably consumer interest follows.
1: And it's starting in-house, so maybe it's a little cheaper having Dr. Dre already. As, as an employee. I don't know if he's a direct employee, but you have to imagine that somewhere in the contract for $3 billion, he owes Apple something more than just <laughs> some headphones. Um, so, I think it's a good test. It's a short series. It's music-related. It's a, I think it's a safe bet. Um, and it's a big name, right? People respond to Dr. Dre, and that's that's really all I can think. I don't know if Apple I doubt Apple is going to get into making a bunch of TV shows. Personally but this would be an interesting test to figure out if it's possible. Amazon has made a few shows, I don't know how well they've done. I haven't heard. It. They haven't made the same headlines as House of Cards and Orange is the New Black that I can recall. So Netflix in my mind is really the only company that's done this successfully um from a content producer and distributor. Side of things uh, over the top.
0: I think Amazon has done well from a critical standpoint with Transparent, which has won a couple of Emmy awards, and and we've seen more of that. Certainly, the most recent round of Emmy awards, more awards going to the likes of Amazon Prime and Netflix. Absolutely, and I, think, I yeah. think Hulu also got yeah. an Emmy award as well, doing much better than traditional broadcast television networks. So I think that. The, the the path in a way the path has already been paved
1: for apple and i think there's more freedom this in this route like for the for the producers and the content that they can air because it's exclusive you have to have a membership it's not just like over cable where anybody can see it so i think that there's the actors themselves seem to enjoy it a little bit more kevin spacey's been very outspoken about this show would never have happened if it wasn't for netflix and here it is critically acclaimed across the world
0: oh yeah i mean to the extent that there's a big winner today it's I would say it's uh, the high level music artists that you, some of which you've already mentioned, and then Mm showrunners, because this is one more avenue that they can pursue. And as we've seen in the past with basic cable and also the likes of Amazon and Netflix. The money isn't always necessarily there up front Mm -hmm. in the way it is with broadcast television, but the creative freedom, there's much more on the creative freedom. Now, if you actually create a hit, Mm -hmm. then that's when the dollars start to roll in because whatever, uh, I think it was Bo Williman and, and Kevin Spacey got for the first season. Of House of Cards was dwarfed by the amount of money that they got in the second season and, and season four coming up, um, and uh, I know it wasn't Dr. Dre who said it, but I was reminded of the Jay Z line: "I'm not a businessman, I'm a business." man. That's right. And it's a good line. <laughs> it is a good line, and it certainly applies to Dr. Dre. Anything in particular on the streaming front that you're that you're watching right now? I'm actually, I, I just saw that uh, Better Call Saul, mm-hmm. the first season, made it to Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, just in time for season two, which started last night, and season two is, and and it's just a reminder that for a really great television show, streaming is so much more enjoyable. Because I I stayed up and watched the first episode of season mm-hmm. two of Better Call Saul, really enjoyed it, and as soon as it was as it was over, all I could think was, God, I would love to just click a button
1: and watch episode two right now. <laughs> so. Silicon Valley. I've watched the first two episodes of that. I've heard tons of people around the office talking about it. Kind of dig it. Um, Freaks and Geeks was one that I was just about to start. I've been reading Judd Ap- Judd Apatow's book, Sick in the Head. Where oh, how he- is that? It's an I've awesome he- book.
0: I've heard a couple of interviews with him, and mm-hmm. it's it's one of those books that I've sort of put on a list. But I've also thought, well, I also have other books that I've already purchased and mm-hmm. still haven't read yet. But he's a really interesting dude.
1: It, he is, and it's basically just interviews with other comedians from the early 80s on up until 2015 um, Steinfeld was his first interview ever he was like 16 years old in high school working at his high school radio station and he interviewed Jerry Seinfeld when he was 16 mm-hmm. nice. when, when Judd Apatow was 16 and Jerry was still doing the the back alleys of New York stand-up um, and kind of Tricked people into interviewing with him because he said, "Oh, I'm calling from a radio show." Didn't ever tell him his age, and this was back before the internet, and you could Google him and find out who he was. So he'd show up; he'd be 16 with a huge recording device, and they, they would uh, the the content is spectacular. Um, I'll let you borrow it if you want. But he was the producer of Freaks and Geeks, and it's it flows throughout the whole book. Other comedians really responded well to it, so I'm going to give it a shot. Nice. Thanks for being here. Mm -hmm.
0: As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Austin Morgan. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.